0: Welcome to The Wine Down, an afternoon podcast where two techie blokes sit down over a bowl of wine and chat about what's happening in the world of tech. Enjoy while Scott and Nick open up about their week in technology. Well, ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon and welcome to the Lockdown Wine Down. My name's Nick and I'm here with... Scott. Hello, Scott. How are you? Hello, Nick. How are you going? I'm very well indeed. Well, the first question is, where are we and what are we drinking? Because it's different this week.
1: (laughs) We're in Sydney, so we're at home. (laughs) That's uh, that's very easy to work out. (laughs) But I thought we might try something... uh, a little a little different as well i know we try something a little different sometimes but um there's a couple of things one this um if you can sort of see that on this wonderful virtual camera thing here this is a bottle of hugos yep from from the barossa this is a 98 uh cab sav which needs a little bit of breathing it's probably on its uh on the tail end of uh happiness i think (laughs)
0: Oh, very nice. You're drinking a 98 Cabernet. Now, what have I got here? I've got a um, a Wolf Blast Grey Label, um, 2013. Um, it's, it's a Cabernet right. Shiraz from Longhorn Creek. It's 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 not a pub wine. I'll tell you that much. It's, no, it's not. not a, it's not a pub wine. And uh, the
1: only thing probably better than that would have been the 12. But that's all right. It's a <laughs> it's a very nice. Now, in in my background, I see your uh, you've got a nice little. Uh, scenery background going on there of what life used to look like (laughs) yes
0: you'll see you'll Um, see a cruise ship in it at some stage we don't call them cruise ships anymore we call them covid incubators
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's very interesting
0: um
1: in my background is something that actually goes with the wine Um, and this is the st hugo's boardroom Oh, very
0: good. You've tied it all together, haven't you? I've tied it all together. And (laughs) what you can see
1: around the edges, if you're sort of looking closely at the picture, is um, uh, a bunch of wine bottles in racks of all the various vintages over the years they've produced. Uh, And if you sort of can't see it very clearly, but behind them there's like a a steel grill, like a a mesh sort of steel grill. Um, Every one of those shelves is air-conditioned. So uh, it's got a little... Bit of an air conditioning outlet just to keep it at a set temperature. Wow. So, it's
0: very nice. Wow. That is that is very cool. That is very cool indeed. <laughs> so um, today, the virtual wind down because of good old COVID. So, so what are we chatting about today? I thought we were we were we we're going to talk about you know the, following on on the whole theme of um, digital transformation. We're going to yes. have a conversation um, very similar to what we did in the accounting technology fireside chat podcast this morning. If you follow those, and we're going to start talking about um, automation, machine learning artificial intelligence but not just and we talked about them as theories forever but how they apply to your business and how they can actually improve it
1: yeah it's, it's quite interesting because we we come across uh, a, a lot of different companies doing a lot of different things and i guess the, there's two ways to look at it we either tend to see one of two extremes it's uh Uh, a quite modern approach of, oh, look, click here, do this, bang, something's done and it's invoiced and off we go. Oh, that's not bad. Um, And you just sort of sit around waiting for what's the next thing I've got to do. And the opposite end of that is, uh, yeah, we use the computer every now and then for something, but largely it's people doing this, a bit of paper here, we scribble something down here, we record something over here and then we go and do something and then someone has to ship something but then we run around trying to pack it and, oh, it's, it's it's a very cumbersome process and i think we've sort of i like to think we've moved past that today
0: okay. yeah it's, it's funny yeah. it's funny isn't it it came home to me this week when microsoft were talking about their new um, cloud-based print service which is all wonderful it gets rid of print service it's absolutely awesome but it's everybody's comments when they realized how few print jobs you actually got <laughs> as part of the service and people went what what do you mean you've already got i, I forget how many it was but it's it was five, uh, five five per print user. jobs per month per user yes was it five so pages? Are, no five print jobs so five the print, print jobs could be yeah. unlimited copies unlimited size but only five print jobs per user was what microsoft were estimating looking at all their customers in the world what people were doing which i oh. thought was just just fantastic right just so different hmm. from what you expect well i suppose you look at it it's an average across all users in the organization
1: and this was a this was an enterprise feature. So, if you look at a thousand people in an organization, say, well, we only need 5,000 print jobs a month now. And they're probably with the top 5% of printers, not the rest of the organization. But
0: yeah. Whereas a lot of the organizations we deal with are printing thousands of print jobs a week, right, across a very small yeah. staff base because they're still very paper based and very manual.
1: And some of that's industry based, with certain technical um technical tools needing paper. Like when you look at architecture and some of the technical diagrams that come out of that for for plants and for buildings, construction, and various things. But um, yeah, it's um it, it's interesting. This is this is the whole concept of the paperless office. I guess we we tried this multiple times over the years. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but I, I suppose we're a little better now than we used to be. And the paperless office really is, it's starting to appear and it's starting to work by hook or by crook. But boy, it still re- requires some discipline. I was talking to Trevor this morning and they're still not, at Ashford's. they're still not paperless, no matter how hard they try. Well, it is paperless. It's not paper none. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's let's talk about automation, like applied automation. What, what do you yeah. reckon are the things that are ripest for automation in a business, Scott? Oh, look, there's a lot of workflow that you can automate these
1: days. Anything that involves paper going from one person to another to either add something to it, to change what's on there, to even to sign something, signatures. And you're looking at that and you're like, we we all know about electronic signatures. We've covered that a bit in the past. Um, And especially if, like, we we are in lockdown, literally, we're sitting at home, Um, but we're still able to work quite efficiently so i'm clearly not printing anything and waiting for a person to turn up to mail a letter um that that works and although i do have a printer here it doesn't really get that much use um i found very few organizations that really need what we call a wet signature Mm. these days
0: yeah Um, i think from, from that point of view i know i've signed an agreement today um and and commonly i do that and we just wouldn't you know the the concept of of a, a physical wet signature even across government and legal now is getting less mm. and less uh, yeah less and less required although you need something which allows you to prove you've signed it but it's, it's less and less a thing now which i think is mm. awesome it's so efficient
1: i did something in the um u.s recently that uh used an uh online notary service oh yeah where they actually watch you electronically sign.
0: And notarize it from there. That's kind of cool.
1: Yes. So they actually make sure it's you who are clicking the button at the time. They send you the document to eSign, but they actually watch you on camera as you're doing it so they can see it's actually you doing
0: it. No, I like that. That's pretty you, funky. I think, I think that's yeah, kind of interesting.
1: It's a brief little recording, and therefore they save it with the document, and it's all sort of locked up in a notary service. But it's only, I think, in the US it's Delaware and what other state that passed laws to actually allow online notary
0: services. Wow. I guess they all will over time, right? These things evolve. Hey, if yeah. the, ne- the next thing I was thinking that's gonna got to be automated soon is data entry, right, as, oh. a, as a thing. Look, that, there's a... A lot of scanning still happens now. It's not Mm. not bad. It should get a lot better. Yeah, but there's still people sitting there taking something from one system and entering it into another, and I see lots of it happening in organizations. And it's funny. Think about how much of your day, probably less of yours, but how much of a lot of people's day is spent reading data from one system and entering it into a different system and really not thinking about that, just trying to make it as accurate, accurate as possible. And boy, computers are good at that, right?
1: Oh yeah, look, I was um, I was working with an insurance company in the this was the late '90s, actually, early just on 2000, and um, one of the um, one of the claims managers there said, "I want you to create a um, like a web, what would be a web portal, or whatever it's called mm-hmm. back then." I said, "Yeah," He said, "I want you to put claims entry on there, so that we can actually get the other people putting claims, and they deal with businesses. They can get other people mm-hmm. to actually type the claims in for us." I so, said, what a unique concept. Why would they do that? Because <laughs> they had a team of people in-house that would take all the paperwork mm. that came in and you know, type all the claims in and send them off. to be processed. Well, they said, well, we want someone else to type the stuff in for us. In fact, we want the people submitting the claims to type this data in for us. And this was not generally done at that point. So yep. what an interesting concept. What, I wonder how that would you know, happen. But now it's a common thing. It's You wouldn't mm. expect anyone else to do that.
0: Yeah, and it's quite funny. I'm working with a couple of organisations right now where we're looking at how we deliver that next set of automation. And I think everybody's got got hat up and and excited about machine learning and artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. But actually, there's going to be a whole heap of work reduction from just pure automation. Yeah, and I think
1: this is the. If you watch the, I um, had a term for this the the, the trough of um disillusionment mm-hmm. <laughs> so when new technology has come out everyone gets excited and goes oh i can do this 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 and this i can do all these various things and then you find out out of all the things that people did you remove the ones that just because you can you could that weren't really offering business value but was just doing something a different way that could either be more expensive or more or whatever it is then you actually get down to that well this wasn't really any good." But then after a while, you actually find that here are some very specific use cases that work
0: really well, and that technology finds its place. Yeah, and, and I think as tech gets more and more advanced and we're able to do more and more things, I think we'll get more technologies being able to do that stuff. So I think we're right now we're kind of restricted where, we, you know, where certain things lend themselves to it. But as more, yeah, I think an example I like to use with people is the QR code. Um, bef- before COVID, um, we were at a, um, uh, an event and we thought we'd put QR codes on all our business cards, and nobody knew how to use them. Right? Nobody at all. And you, you'd know that because the Tribe Tech business cards have had QR cards that yeah, codes. On them we, we've had day to show off. people what to do with it. Yeah, exactly. say what, what's this is this your logo <laughs> no it's not a logo it's a barcode yeah and, and, and i would say um maybe six months ago people would know what to do with them but i think now all people know what to do is how to use the service new south wales app so they go your barcode's not working in my service new south wales app will probably be where that comes back to but
1: maybe we should register our business in there and
0: you don't want all sorts of people checking into your business but anyway Yes. Automation. Yes. Yes. Lots of things to help you with automation. There's a whole automation platform built into Office 365. Um, and I've, I've certainly spent um, a bunch of time looking at that and some of the the robotic process automation stuff they've got, um, which actually allows you, you. You think of automation, right? What it used to be, you had to get an API access to one system and an API access to another, and you build automation between them, um, and you'd always you'd always get stuck with these horrible legacy applications which had no API and you weren't supported talking to databases and all sorts of stuff. But when you get into real robotic process automation, and this stuff can pretend to be a human they can actually effectively move the keyboard and mouse and act as one of your data entry Ooh. staff would and we can start removing people out of that process which i think is just amazing
1: well i mean it's a at a, a very basic level an extension of what we used to call screen
0: scraping and it's it is exactly that except it's it's slightly easier on a green screen right but it's <laughs> and, and screen scraping is you kind of your purists scoff at screen scraping but <laughs> there are it well, there, there are enormous systems out there still relying on that to do things like banking and transaction processing and credit cards and all sorts of things. Yeah, I
1: remember many, many years ago, I was at, um, I was at IBM and we used to get measured on uh, how long it took to um, first grab support calls when they came in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and so, yeah, know, and say, oh, this one took half an hour, this one took five minutes, this one took two hours, we were probably busy. And, and it was sort of, oh, this is, yeah. You know, it would, What's going on here and he said oh you'd always have to explain your stats so i actually wrote a little automation tool based upon a a screen scraper what it would do and then screen scraping by the way is when you've got a a bit of software that looks at the text on the screen makes decisions based upon it and then puts new text in various fields for you so whenever a call came in this bit of software would find this ticket was new it would go and add something to it to say oh yeah ticket scene hello um dear customer we'll be with you as soon as our people are available something whatever it was going to be and submitted a response within like 30 seconds and all of a sudden the next month the stats came out and they were all
0: like less than a minute people like broken no it's real this is actually (laughs) <laughs> it's broken you can't be that good that quickly <laughs> that's right
1: every ticket that came in was less than 30 seconds responded to um no it was um it was good I mean, but it is you've got to work out what you're measuring and why um yeah. but that, was, that was a long time ago and we've improved things since then automated testing in applications now mm-hmm. that's that's come yep. a long way
0: that has some people are still doing manual testing and applications there's all sorts of stuff going on there so if, yeah, I, I don't know how you can really be successful
1: with that properly these days because the things you have to test for, you would build up like thousands of tests for an application over time. How yep. can you do that manually every time you make a change and then find out something's
0: broken? Well, well not only that, you now no longer support one platform. You, we, in today's mm. world, you're supporting yeah at least 50 different types of Android phones, at least 10 different production iPhones, um, Macs, PCs, Linux, yeah, the whole gamut. It, the matrix gets too big. You just cannot do that manually, and so people still relying on manual testing are in a kind of funky place.
1: Yeah, but
0: they probably have fun, I suppose. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. So this this whole automation thing. Um, I was um, a little while ago. I was at a, a client or earlier this year when we were actually allowed out of the house, and um, we we talked to them about their business because it's um it, it's as an older sort of approach, but they are automating at the moment. Um, Mm. But um, they would have a salesperson go to a client uh, and then work on what are we gonna do and actually write up things and draw little pictures and whatever. Then they go back and someone would price it and they'd actually go back with a new design and a bit like in construction, I suppose, to some degree. Yeah. And anyway, you get a, a final picture there and then the salesperson will get a signature on the page and take it back into the office. They, oh, they book it in. Then they actually draw some diagrams from that. And then someone goes into a factory and actually put it all together and build something out of it. And you know, it comes along the way and then someone else paints it and someone else bolts something else on. And yeah, they're all ticking little boxes along the way anyway. Finally ends up and gets delivered to site, someone gets scheduled and actually go and install this equipment. I said, oh, yeah. okay. So I said to them, look, that, that's an interesting process. There's a lot of touch points in there. You want a lot of people doing a lot of manual tasks. And they said, Yeah, we mm-hmm. you know. And we try to measure that very clearly. And we're trying to work out how many times does someone do something and I said, okay, that's that's good, but it's like the taxi. You try to make a better taxi when Uber's come along and said, we're actually just going to change that whole model don't yeah. try to improve the old model and make it a bit more efficient replace the model with a whole new way of doing things what we said is look imagine that you've got a client out there that wants to buy what you do they go onto the internet they look at your widget or whatever it is that you make and you can actually look at it there in 3d you can spin it around you can put measurements you can put different pictures of where it's going to sit you can impose it on your house if it's a house thing. Uh, and see it and all that, they can actually get real time views of what it looks like. They can scale it, scope it, use all different materials. And they say, Yeah, hey, look, how much is this? Click, it goes away and automatically calculates a price, puts it there. today said, Hey, do you want to go ahead? Click here, electronic signature. That creates an order, which gets put into a machine, which sends all this data to these automation machines to go and actually build this thing without anyone knowing. And the only thing you've got to do is just watch the other end as this gadget comes out ready to get onto a yep. truck and installed. and no one's touched it now clearly someone's got to fill the machine up full of parts and you know raw materials and all that sort of stuff you see manage your manager stocking that sort of thing but this is where the efficiencies can be done you know look that that might be a bit unrealistic for some scenarios but in general if you start thinking that if this is what's possible how can I use some of those scenarios in my business to either remove cost um increase the speed at which we do things create the efficiencies and that, that sort of level of thinking is where things start to become
0: better. Yeah, now absolutely, and that's that's I think what people talk about when we talk about digital transformation. I, I think I think we're going, you know, beyond you know what everybody said about you know hot desks and and you know the, the new way of working <laughs> and all that kind of rubbish. And we're actually going to how can we make businesses hyper efficient? How can we how can we get away from that the, the stuff that people do, which computers are just better at. Right, so yeah, I'd like a report which, and and like Microsoft is starting to do this, and this is where AI and ML start to appear. is in um, Power BI, Microsoft are now shipping a feature which allows you to describe your query in plain English, and suddenly your your application then will write the query in DA- the DAX language. And I just saw this morning in GitHub, um, you've got the ability now um, with Visual Studio Code to start writing your method or your property and it will use AI to work out what you're trying to say and write the whole method for you and write code comments about how it works.
1: Uh, I want them to go and teach that to Alexa. Why? Well, so we've got some Alexa-configured lights around the place here, and if I go, (laughs) Alexa, turn off the kitchen light, half the time it works, the other half the time it comes back and says, I
0: don't know where your dog is. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, that's, that's, that's nothing to do with Alexa and how good it is. That's your accent, Scott.
1: Oh, I should speak in American. <laughs> you should, you should. Right. Then it works perfectly.
0: <laughs> Maybe I should ask it where my dog is, and it will turn the kitchen light on. Okay, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You're just gonna. This you just gonna learn how to communicate with it. That's all. Mm. Yeah, well, it's been a couple of years now. It
1: hasn't learn very quickly.
0: <laughs> yeah, cool. Anyway, that's that's kind of that's kind of us for a, a, a lockdown wind down. We've kind of we've we've done our dash. We've done our time for the week. Wow, how about that? I didn't even notice that happened, did you? No.
1: Oh, I'll have to go and get another another picture for next week, because we've got another week of this.
0: We do. We have another week of this. It's all right. I went to Dan Murphy's. I have more wine, so we're absolutely sorted. But, um... <laughs> that's
1: right.
0: You know, um, it's this, this the, the one company that's never going to be
1: able to claim a revenue decline in a lockdown.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yep, yep. Dan the Dan the Miller... local bottle shop. Yeah, they're they're doing incredibly well at the moment. Well, so, um, what is
1: it? As someone told me, this is the um, this is the third time this week they've had to go to the bottle shop for their
0: fortnightly supply. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I resemble that remark. <laughs> yes, I wonder how dry July's going. It isn't for me. I'm glad I never signed up for it. And I've got, I know, I know some people who have bailed from it now and said, no, no, not in lockdown. But anyway, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that was the wind down. If you like what you heard, please subscribe or give us a like. They really help us build more of these. And if you'd like us to discuss any topic you want about technology, digital transformation, machine learning, AI, or really any other topic, leave a comment um, either on Facebook, YouTube, or in your favorite podcast, and um, we'll get that sorted and see if we can actually make that happen. But really appreciate you listening. Appreciate you being here as well, Scott. Well, being there, being here.
1: Being wherever we are, (laughs)
0: yes. And I hope you all have a fantastic day. Thanks, Bye, everyone. See you later. Bye-bye.